Do you know that certain peptides can benefit those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's? If you want to learn more about how peptides can help with thyroid autoimmunity and other chronic conditions, then you'll want to check out the brand new Peptide Summit hosted by Dr. Jenny Flagar. In fact, peptides play a huge role in helping Dr. Jenny overcome her Hashimoto's condition. To register for the free Peptide Summit, visit saymythyroid.com forward slash peptides. Hey, this is Dr. Eric. And in this Q&A episode, I am going to answer the question, what are some of the causes of muscle and joint pain in hyperthyroidism and Hashimoto's? Let's start out with mentioning that not everyone with hyperthyroidism and Hashimoto's experiences muscle and joint pain. In fact, I'd say it's more common for people with these conditions to not have muscle and joint pain, especially joint pain. But again, some people do. And when they do, it's usually not directly related to the thyroid. There are other causes, which of course I'm going to discuss in this episode. Let's start with the obvious. So trauma is one potential cause of muscle and joint pain that we need to consider. And most people, if they have some type of trauma, they're going to know that it's due to the trauma and not related to the hyperthyroidism Hashimoto's. But sometimes it could come on without noticing. Like I've had cases where I had muscle joint pain and don't recall getting injured. I mean, there's definitely cases where situations where I I knew I got injured, especially when I broke bones. I mean, that's pretty obvious, but there are situations where I felt fine one day and then woke up the next day and had some muscle or joint pain and not sure, was it some type of trauma? Again, poor posture could also be a factor. That's what I was going to mention next. So trauma, poor posture are two common causes of muscle and joint pain. And then certain foods. A few foods I wanted to bring up include oxalates, nightshades, gluten, and grains. Not to say there are others, but these are the ones I want to focus on. So nightshades, commonly avoided by those with autoimmune conditions, especially if someone's following an autoimmune protocol, like an AIP type diet. And nightshades, and most people don't cause pain, but they can. They have lectins and glycoalkaloids in them, which could be inflammatory in some people. So if you haven't given up tomatoes, eggplant, potatoes, white potatoes specifically, and peppers, and you're experiencing muscle pain or especially joint pain, you might want to take a break from nightshades. And then when it comes to gluten, most people listening to this know that gluten should be avoided, especially when healing, arguably permanently. But I've admitted that I haven't been 100% gluten-free since being in remission in 2009. Overall, I'm gluten-free, but it's not like I've had zero exposures. And then grains in general, not just gluten, but even gluten-free grains in some people can cause pain. And there's actually a very good book by Dr. Peter Osborne called No Grain, No Pain, That's an interesting read. And then oxalates. And oxalates might be a reason why some people have problems with grains because they could be higher in oxalates. But there's other foods. I used to stuff my smoothies with spinach, which are very high in oxalates. Swiss chard, also very high. Sweet potatoes are higher as well. And I did an interview with Sally K. Norton about oxalates. And she was definitely not a fan of the sweet potatoes. I will say though, when it comes to my patients with Graves, Hashimoto's, I don't go crazy with the oxalates. I mean, there's so many foods out there where you could read about and sources where they say that you should avoid it and you can just drive yourself crazy and really be extremely restricted. So as long as someone's not 
going extreme with sweet potatoes. I'm not going to tell someone to avoid sweet potatoes. The spinach are good substitutes. You could have other leafy green vegetables. Same thing with Swiss chard. So there's arugula and green leaf, red leaf lettuce and collard greens. Uh, a little bit more challenging with the sweet potatoes. And if I thought people absolutely needed to avoid them, then I would say, yeah. Now, that being said, if you're experiencing any type of pain, like joint pain, let's say you've been avoiding nightshades, gluten-free, grain-free, then yeah, maybe you do want to take a break, at least lower your oxalate, take a break from the sweet potatoes. And again, just check out that interview with Sour K Nord. And again, don't let it drive yourself crazy, but you might want to still listen to the interview, maybe even read our books, Toxic Superfoods. Just keep in mind, I don't agree with everything. Just like I said, if someone's AIP and then they try to follow Sally K. Norton's recommendations, it's going to be very difficult to follow both of those types of diets. And one thing I will say about the interview with Sally K. Norton that I agree with is that I think a lot of people are overdoing it with the almond-based products. So for example, someone might be dairy-free, but they're drinking almond milk on a regular basis, eating almond-based yogurt and maybe almond-based butter. And then there's almond flour-based cookies. And again, I can't say I never eat those foods, but there I could see where people might be overdoing it, just eating all those sources or a few of those sources. And I mean, you might want to drink coconut milk instead of almond milk. And again, I don't drink almond milk, but I eat coconut yogurt instead of almond yogurt. And it's not like I've never had almond yogurt. If I'm out of town and if I want to get some yogurt, I'll get coconut yogurt. And if not, maybe I'll get some almond yogurt. Not that I always get coconut yogurt or almond yogurt when I'm out of town, but I think you get the message. It's not like I'm saying I never eat those foods. Same thing. If someone makes some delicious chocolate chip almond-based cookies, yeah, I'm going to definitely have one or two of those cookies. Infections. So infections can cause muscle and or joint pain in some people especially stealth infections like Lyme disease, Bartonella. Also, before I forget, should mention toxic mold, which is not an infection, but a lot of people with stealth infections have a mold problem. That could also cause muscle pain, joint pain, viruses. So Epstein-Barr, most people have Epstein-Barr. Usually it's not causing muscle joint pain, but it could in some people. COVID also not as common these days, but viruses can cause problems with pain, muscle and joint pain, sometimes GI pain, gastrointestinal pain. So that's something to consider. Let's say if you know you haven't had any trauma, your posture is good, you have been avoiding the nightshades, gluten grains, and lower oxalates, and you're still having problems, then again, maybe infections. Arthritis. So arthritis, if someone has bilateral pain, let's say in the knees, so both sides of the knees are having pain, Maybe it's rheumatoid arthritis. If it's only one side, maybe osteoarthritis. Again, that's where you'll have to get some diagnostics. So maybe x-rays, blood work, like there's definitely panels related to rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, more so maybe getting some x-rays. But a lot of doctors, of course, will say, hey, there's nothing we could do for arthritis. Now, rheumatoid arthritis is autoimmune. So like Graves Hashimoto's autoimmune. So definitely there are things you could do for rheumatoid arthritis. Osteoarthritis, there are also things you could do. Most doctors will say, oh, it's just arthritis, but inflammation there, diet a lot of times will play a role, just reducing your toxic load. I mean, so yeah, definitely there are things you could do for both osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. Now, 
again, if there's a lot of damage that has been done to, let's say, uh, you know, the joints, I'm not saying that could be completely reversed, but you definitely could do things to slow down the progression of both of these conditions. Overtraining. So if you're overtraining, overexercising, that could definitely lead to both muscle and joint pain, probably more so muscle pain, but also in some cases can lead to joint pain. So it's great to exercise, but you definitely don't want to overdo it. And then nutrient deficiencies. So certain nutrient deficiencies can cause more so muscle pain, muscle soreness, muscle spasms sometimes like magnesium deficiency, potassium. There's some evidence that vitamin D deficiency also, which makes sense since it involves intestinal absorption of calcium, enhances the intestinal absorption of calcium. And speaking of which, calcium deficiency, you don't want to overdo it with supplementation of calcium. But again, that could also cause some muscle spasms if you're deficient in calcium. So that is my answer to the question, what are some of the causes of muscle pain and joint pain and those with hyperthyroidism and Hashimoto's? As usual, I hope you found this Q&A episode to be valuable and I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Save My Thyroid podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe to stay up to date on the latest thyroid health-related topics. And to get your free thyroid and immune health restoration action points checklist, visit SaveMyThyroidChecklist.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to let you know about a product called Hepatomune Supreme, which is a unique supplement that has a rare combination of N-acetylcysteine, also known as NAC, milk thistle, and schisandra to support the liver. And it also has a few mushrooms that can help support the immune system, including cordyceps, which has both immune modulating and adaptogenic properties and is great for those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's. To learn more about Hepatomune Supreme, visit SaveMyThyroid.com forward slash liver support.